The Israelites were a bloody bunch, weren't they? For them to understand the significance of sin and the consequences of their actions, God created rituals. It's easy for us to look at those people back then and go, we are so enlightened. It's easy for us to wonder why they just didn't understand. Atonement. How hard could it be to understand that concept? But when you look at the church today, Christianity, in many cases, is becoming more cultural than spiritual. And we, like those people from back then, often go through the motions without understanding the significance of our worship. Even with the blood flowing from the Lamb that was slain, those who professed to know the Lamb did not understand the impact of their actions on the sacrifice. But do we? Every time we choose to give up God's principles, do we recognize the significance of the blood of Christ flowing? Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. I'm Andrew Campbell and this is Sabbath School University. Welcome. We have three returning guests who some of our viewers may remember from previous lessons, but I'll ask you to introduce yourselves nonetheless. I'll start right here on my left. Tell us your name, what you're studying, where you're from, and something interesting that you'd like our viewers to know. My name is Annalie Campbell, and I'm studying the MBA program here at Andrews. I'm from Norway, and interesting fact about myself is that I'm married to Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Ricardo Barif. I'm in the seminary, I'm a Master of Divinity, I'm about reaching the end of my program. I'm originally from Jamaica. Uh, I live in Jamaica, New York, <laughs> and uh, I'm married, and we have a wonderful baby girl who is almost two years old. All right. What's yeah. her name? Ricardo. What? Wh what's your, what's your wife's name? And what's your Melanie? My wife's okay. name is Melanie, and our daughter is Rochelle. Okay. All right. Mm. And so you moved from Jamaica to Jamaica. To Jamaica. Okay. <laughs> my name is Guilherme Borda, and I am from Brazil, and I study theology here at Andrews University. And uh, I'm married as well, and for two years and some months, and my, my wife's name is Kathleen. All right. Very nice. Guilherme, will you read our key text for us and pray uh, in Portuguese? Okay, and, I can uh, do that. And then we can go into the lesson. So our key text is found in First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, and it says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Let's pray. Querido Deus, eu peço que o Senhor nos ajude a compreendermos mais as Escrituras, a conhecer mais sobre a sua vontade para as nossas vidas e o seu poder restaurador e o seu perdão. Agradecemos desde já, oramos no nome de Jesus. Amém. Amen. Amen. So this quarter we're talking about the sanctuary and in this lesson specifically about atonement. Now one of the concepts that's very important for atonement is that of forgiveness. 
in light of the cross, you know, we, we want to pit those two together right now. How does sin, does sin need forgiving even after the cross? Well, there's an interesting thing. Because the cross happened about 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. But I'm living now, and I sin now. Mm-hmm. So the cross... Uh, it happened before. So that means that I'm doing something now that was not done before. Uh, so if I commit a sin today, it, my, my sins for yesterday may be forgiven. But if I sin today, I need forgiven, forgiveness for that sin as well. Mm-hmm. So yes, we need forgiveness even after the cross. But that does not mean that the cross is not valid. It's just that the cross made provision, sacrificial provision for my sin. But now I receive that sin. When I accept, when I repent, and I accept the forgiveness given by God to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would say that every single sin needs to be forgiven. And it doesn't matter if it was committed uh, 6,000 years ago or will be committed tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Every sin needs to be forgiven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's somehow a divine miracle that a, a single event over the, you know, in the course of human history can be applied to persons all throughout the entire you know timeline of the history of the world uh, you know there is an element of divine intervention and divine miracle that that can forgive people even before that event happens the cross and forgive people after it happens it mm. is it is a really broad plan it's like let's say i write a check for you mm-hmm. the check is is written it's all there and then you go and pay your groceries with it mm-hmm. so it's everything set you just need to take it and and accept it mm. so god made the provision and it's broad and it encompasses the whole history of humanity it encompasses all of us and it can bring forgiveness for all of us because it was a special sacrifice yeah. as this very text mm-hmm. of first peter uh, one eighteen nineteen says it was not a sacrifice of corruptible things. Mm-hmm. It was not a sacrifice of lambs or goats or bulls or, or, or birds. It was not a grain offering. No, no. It was a sacrifice of the Lamb of God, yeah. Jesus Christ himself, without blemish. Yeah. And as sin entered with one man, now it comes out with one man, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, you you talked about the that Jesus had no blemish. And when you go back to Leviticus chapter 4, which is the chapter that a lot of the principles for this lesson is coming from, um, you see that the lamb has to be an innocent lamb. It can't have any, any blemishes. What's, what's the importance of the emphasis on the innocence of the lamb and the innocence of, of Jesus? Well, the, well, we all know the, the lamb itself pointed to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, um, uh, there are certain things that has to uh, be uh, similar to Christ mm-hmm. if the Lamb is going to represent Him, and that's purity. And uh, for Jesus Himself to die for us, for our sins, He has to be pure without mm. sin. Because if He had sin, then um, someone would need to die for Him. <laughs> so um, He had to be without sin. He has to be spotless, and by spotless, I mean without the effects of sin. Yeah. And that is why the lamb and the, the bulls and the ram, all those sacrifices had to be spotless because they point to Jesus' um, sinlessness, his perfection. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I like that. And it, it really plays uh, an important role when you understand uh, that Jesus taking our place, mm-hmm. um, something that, that Paul points out, um, 
that, that there's a substitution that he is getting what we deserve and we get what he deserves mm-hmm. and uh, if he had sin then you know he would also deserve death and that death mm-hmm. could not represent us but because he's innocent then his death can it can be applied to us and we can get his reward instead go ahead it's interesting to think about this relationship between sin and death because in Genesis 1 chapter uh, chapter 1 verses 15 on it becomes very clear that if you sin you deserve death mm. and in Romans 6 uh, verse 23 also says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord I like because this verse doesn't end with the first half yeah. but it's interesting it's clear if you sin you deserve death now I can solve this problem really simply mm. I sin then I die mm-hmm. and it's all done mm-hmm. it's all set I'm set with God I paid for my sins but that doesn't really uh, seem very appealing <laughs> but then somebody needs to die in my place and that's the whole point of the sacrificial system that God established with the people of Israel yeah. back when they were in the desert because then they would see those animals dying in place of them and they would understand that you may not die Mm-hmm. somebody has to because it has to be paid yeah. now if I don't want to die somebody has to die and it needs to be somebody who has no sin yeah. otherwise if I die for you but I'm a sinner I'm paying for my sin not for yours yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it doesn't make uh, any difference so it needs to be somebody without sin that's the reason why the lamb needs to be without blemish absolutely now you, you're you're pointing out okay the connection between sin and death mm-hmm. now when we talk about sin there, there are many different kinds of sin um are there some sins that don't warrant forgiveness no i would say um all sins you need to ask forgiveness for all sins whether they're small or big and it might be easier to think that oh this is just a little white lie um and it doesn't need forgiveness or this is too big for god to forgive me like Mm. i've gone too far um uh, i'm way past the the point where God's grace uh, is for me. And both of those, I think, are lies that the devil will try to make us believe that we either become too um, comfortable with the little sins or we think that God cannot forgive our big sins. Mm. But on the whole spectrum, we need to take it back to God and get forgiveness. You know, it's interesting because we normally treat it that way. Um, we, We treat certain sins as if um, it's okay to sin. Yeah. You know, it's it's a natural part of life. You know, um, don't worry about it because we all do it. You know, we all lie. We all um, lost. We you know we do those are sins that it's okay. Mm. But you know, <laughs> certain sins we just um, think that if a person does that, then they are condemned to hell. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's it. There's no. No, repent doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you repent because yeah. there's no forgiveness. Yeah. Because you have gone, that sin that you did was j- just so um, horrendous that uh, God can't forgive you. Yeah. And so we we kind of put sin in categories, and because we put them in categories, we put God's forgiveness in categories. Mm. You know, um, and, and that's one other thing that sometimes when we look at the sacrificial system. Yeah. Uh, we don't realize that it is not the sacrificial system that does the forgiveness. Um, why is it that we can have forgiveness today, tomorrow, and forever? 
because it is God that forgives. Yeah. It is not the sacrifice that forgives. No, no matter how much sacrifice you bring, it can never forgive you. Yeah. It is God that does the forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. Now, y- you're bringing out an, an important point. How much of, of our perception of sin really comes down to how much we can identify with it? And what I mean is, is you said that sometimes we, we look at other people and we say, oh, you know, that's not really that big of a sin, you know, um... Do we say that perhaps because we can identify with that mm-hmm. and we, and we mm-hmm. say, okay, yeah, I really understand where you're coming from. I know exactly how that works. And then on the other hand, do we sometimes, uh, you know, think, oh, that's unforgivable. You know, there's no way that, that God could forgive that. Or or maybe not God, but at least not me. It's because you would do it. <laughs> because I would yeah. never do such yeah. a thing. <laughs> at least you think you would never do it. <laughs> because... Sometimes the sins that we really are sure we will never do, those are the sins we're going to do. Yeah. B- because when we think we are above temptation, oh boy, yeah. then temptation comes and gets you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to be really humble. And that's the good thing with uh, that I like about the Bible and Christianity. One of them is that it doesn't take us to a point that we rely on ourselves. Mm. It is not self-justification I'm not saving myself it's not me it is God Mm -hmm. I have my part but it's all due to God's work it's all due to God's providences it's all good due to God's uh, mercy and 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 wisdom and and revelation because the moment I think I'm above it or the moment I think even somebody else is above it nobody's Mm -hmm. above than God then so even it, it can take that to the two extremes you think that you're way good you don't need it you have no <laughs> tendency to sin or whatever yeah. or there's no way out you are just a sin and that's it and there's no way out no because yeah. even satan may, may try to give you that idea that he's above but no god is above he has made provision for us yeah now you had a, a text that you wanted to read related to you know perhaps sins that might be unforgivable uh well yeah, there's a text from Second uh, Chronicles, um, 33, uh, and the, the chapter is about Manasseh, and he was a very wicked king. Um, but v- verse 12, uh, it says about Manasseh: In his distress, he sought the favor of the Lord his God, and humbled himself greatly before the God of his ancestors. And when he prayed to him, the Lord was moved by his entreaty and listened to his plea. So he brought him back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord is God. Yeah. And so I think this verse shows that if Manasseh can get forgiveness, then we can too. <laughs> you know what's interesting about that text? It um it didn't mention anything about Manasseh offering any sacrifice. Yeah. Uh and <laughs> and also I remember David after he had committed that you know, great sin that we all know yeah. with um, Uri and Bathsheba. Um, Psalm 51, David said, uh, I didn't offer any sacrifice because yeah. that's not what you wanted. You want yeah. a pure heart. You want a clean heart. Yeah. You want a right heart. And that's why he said, renew, you know, give me that new heart and give me that new spirit because mm-hmm. that's what God wants. Um, the thing about the sacrificial system, um, a lot of people who are scholars in this era will tell you that um, the sacrificial system is no different because that's what the people used to do back then, you know, in ancient times. Israelites, the Amorites, everybody had sacrificed, mm. um, sacrificial system. The Greeks also. But the thing about the difference between 
what the the Hebrews had and what the the Greeks and other religion had is that they used their sacrifice to try to get the God to do something. Okay. So the sacrifice was okay. We didn't have any rain for thirty uh, days. Mm -hmm. um, the God of the rain must be angry. So let's offer a sacrifice and get him to calm down. You know, we, we our plants are not doing well. So let's the God of vegetation. Let's offer a sacrifice to him. So they use the sacrifice to get the God to do something to okay. do a favor. But the sacrificial system that God gave is that it's not to do anything to God, mm -hmm. but it's to awaken something out of the people. Okay. You know, when when someone brings his sacrifice, he's supposed to look at that sacrifice and see what is really going on here. You know, I am the one who deserves to die. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who should be um, slipping my throat. Mm. But here, God has made a provision that I don't have to die. You know, mm. some thing or in the reality someone who is Christ is coming to die in my my place yeah so it's not the sacrifice wasn't about you know doing something to God or getting God to love you more or you know getting God cool him down because he's angry it was to to make the people realize that something is wrong with them yeah. you know with us not with God yeah now you're talking about the the Old Testament sacrificial system and that system you know, is definitely fairly complex. Um, how would you explain the sin offering to someone who wasn't familiar with Scripture? Well, I would, if I would explain them, I would first go and, and read with them because actually it is uh, pretty descriptive and detailed. In Leviticus chapter 4, it in the verse uh, when it stops, uh, starts talking about the sin offering it says now the Lord spoke to Moses saying it's interesting it's not mm -hmm. Moses came up with it no mm -hmm. Lord the Lord spoke to Moses saying speak to the children of Israel saying if a person sins unintentionally against any of the commandments of the Lord in anything which are not to be done and there's any of them if the anointed priest sins, even the anointed priest, mm. even the high priest, that reminds us that ministers of God also sin. Mm. So it's not only, you know, sometimes people think, oh, a pastor, he cannot yeah. sin. That's not true. And then he continues bringing guilt on the people. Then let him offer to the Lord for his sin, which he has sinned, a young bull without blemish as a sin offering. And it continues and it gives details of how it should be done. And further, he talks about laws of, of different uh, sacrifices. It's interesting because you see a lot of classification in Leviticus 1, 2, 3 talking about the burnt offering, the peace offering, and uh, and you, you have also the, um, the grain offering, which was not for sin. It was a gift to God that also provided food for the priests. And the sin offering, and it could go on and on. Yeah. But when you break it down, it is basically this. The blood offerings, you see an offering of something that is alive and now it needs to die because something something happened so I sin I have sin or the congregation sin because it also has uh, uh, sacrifices for corporate sin now somebody something needs to die to pay for that mm -hmm. so the animal would die now somebody could come and say but what's the point I understand that sin you know and death the relationship but why 
because it was a also an educational system pointing to Christ. Okay. If you go to Isaiah 53, it is really clear uh, that relationship, that that connection. Isaiah 53 verses 4 to 7. Mm. Isaiah uh, I would take people to this chapter because this chapter clearly connects that with Jesus Christ okay. so that they can understand. Isaiah 53 verses 4 on it says, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem Him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes we were healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflict, afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamp to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers is silent. Yeah. He is, as John, as the book of John says, the lamp of God. Yeah. Now, any other attempts to, uh, I mean, how, only how, would, how would you try to explain this to, to someone? Well, I guess it would depend on um, how much the person knows mm -hmm. about the Bible. If it's a someone who's not familiar at all uh, and thinks this is very strange, um, I would try to maybe ask them, like, if someone does some something to you, something bad, um, do you want that person to get away with it? Mm. Like, most people said, no, we all have, like, this inbuilt, um, sense of justice and we want to see justice happen uh, even if it happens to someone we don't know we see news um, something on the news and we all kind of want you know someone who has murdered or, or done something to get caught and be punished because it just is in us that um, something someone needs to suffer for yeah. for sins um, and that's basically what you know God is showing that someone had to die in the first it was animals, but that was just pointing to, to Jesus, yeah. um, that he would eventually um, die because someone has to die. Yeah, it, it's kind of a, a, you're stuck in between a rock and a hard place be because when you see someone else doing something wrong, you want them to, to be punished and, and to receive justice. But then when you are that person, mm -hmm. the tables are turned and all of a sudden, when you recognize that the punishment is really death, then it's not such a pretty picture anymore. It, it you know, it, it adds up mathematically. You know, you do the crime, you do the time, or, or in this case, death. Um, mm -hmm. But we don't want time. to die, <laughs> and and so is this is the sacrificial system you're saying is a way for God to point out that justice and mercy somehow can coexist exactly. because of this plan that God is putting in place. Uh, I think. In a nutshell, simply put, I would say, um, for a person who who has sinned, because uh, we all have sinned, and once you sin, you're cut off from God, so you're going to die. Mm. And basically, you bring in your offering or accepting an offering, you're saying, you're you're confessing, you're fessing up mm. that I have sinned, and I'm going to die. I don't want to die. Mm. That's basically what you're saying. I bring my mm. offering because I'm confessing that I have sinned. 
and I realize that I'm going to die. I do not want to die. So please save me. Mm. Please help me. And that is what we're saying to God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're getting, in a sense, forgiven for something that we have done. And, and the consequences, the eternal consequences, uh, are, are being changed so that so that we don't have to die an eternal death. Now, how does one experience the forgiveness that the sin offering prefigured? Well, I think um, you have to um, repent, like a heartfelt repentance, um, and and confess to God what you've done, and to also to the people that you have sinned against, okay. and ask forgiveness from God and from them. Um, and it needs to be, yeah, like true in your heart because God knows your heart. Yeah. And you can maybe fake it with people, but you can't fake it with God. Like he will know if you're truly repentant mm. or not. And only if you truly repent will you receive that forgiveness that saves you. And how how important is it to see the how how bad sin itself is? Because you know you know there are cases where people will say i'm not sorry that i did it i'm sorry that i got caught Mm -hmm. or or or, you know in this case it's i'm not sorry that i did it i'm sorry that the consequence is death and so really i wouldn't mind doing what i did it's just i don't want to die for it is there is there like a difference there Um, i was going to say um the scripture said that whoever comes to god must come to him by faith and um well, one of the things with a sacrificial system, I wasn't, I didn't live in a time of um, Old Testament times mm-hmm. offering sacrifices, but I would suspect that one of the problem was, if every day I sin and I'm bringing uh, a sacrifice, um, cutting the throat of uh, of an animal, mm-hmm. after uh, a week or two weeks of doing that, then you know, killing an animal is easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can, oh, uh, I sin, I might even do it. Just saying that you know, pro adventure I sin. Mm. I don't know if I sin this morning, but let me just cut the throat of an animal, mm. and that will just cover for it. And so after a while of doing that, it's just meaningless. It's just mm. coming like nothing. I just do it because I get used to doing it. And so the true meaning of what the sacrifice mean it, it has lost its true meaning. So do we, it do has do that? no effect. Do we do that sometimes with Jesus? Of you course think? we do that every yeah. day with Jesus. You know, when when we are new converts, Jesus means a lot to us. Mm. And we are excited about him and we want to purge ourselves. We want to do what is right. And we don't want to do anything to, to displease God. But after maybe a year or two years, the relationship mm. just get, And we know that, oh, Jesus will forgive us because God is a loving God. And we just do whatever we want. Mm. And we don't realize that sin really hurts God. It hurts his heart. Mm. And... And but because we we are told that oh God forgives us and don't worry you know God is a forgiving God we play upon that forgiveness. Mm. Wow. If you would like to join in on the discussion, visit our Facebook page off of the link on our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool the letter u. dot org. For Sabbath School University, I'm Andrew Campbell, and we'll see you next week.